I'm Raelle Bell. And I'm Liz Ware. And you're listening to That's Brilliant, a podcast by the American Lighting Association. So today we're going to talk about talking about lighting. Right. We're going to have conversations (laughs) about the discussions that go into creating a lighting plan and choosing lighting products for your home. So you were telling me earlier about your house when you moved in? Right. So, you know, we moved into this house about a year and a half ago and it was a spec house. We didn't pick anything that's inside, didn't pick the finish out. Um, so we just had to go with what was there and what was there was a complete lack of thought in the lighting plan. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) They clearly did not have, I don't know if anyone even really thought about it or if they just said, what will make this living dining kitchen space, which is all one big room, great Mm -hmm. room, I guess people call it sometimes. Um, what will make it as bright as we can possibly make it? Fill it with recessed cans. <laughs> High lumen, no dimmers. Oh, how could they yeah. not put dimmers in a new house? I know. it's It seems impossible, but here we are having to redo the electrical in the ceiling, purchase dimmers, talk with lighting experts, which is great for me because fortunately we know a few. (laughs) (laughs) So you're having to add whatever decorative lighting fixtures, every decorative lighting fixture, there are none in your house. (laughs) Right. It's all recessed cans. There were no pendants over the island. There was no chandelier over the dining table. There is a ceiling fan. Fortunately, it's, it's not one with a light kit though. It's just a ceiling fan. So, okay. (laughs) And then it's, it's all, it's not wired to have these layers of ambient lighting and, or of accent lighting that we were talking about. And it's unfortunate. (laughs) This is going to be part of our conversation with today's guests. And this is actually a problem that is common that, that a builder will put in uh, lighting. They'll just put in some kind of lighting. So it's lit. The, the waters are just so much more complicated than that. And our guests today know all about it and can help talk us through a lot of those considerations. Both of our guests today are ALA Certified Lighted Consultants, or CLCs, which is the highest level of professional training and certification offered by ALA. In addition to first earning ALA's Lighting Specialist designation, CLCs also have to have hours of additional professional training courses and professional experience. Plus, they have to pass a blueprint exam, which requires them to create a whole home lighting plan reviewed by an expert. All of this means that they are so qualified to talk us through the kinds of conversations you should have when you're renovating your lighting or redoing your lighting or even picking a new fixture. They know all the considerations. And if you're a a member of ALA who, who works in a lighting store, This can be a good guideline for what to ask your customer. If you're a customer going into a lighting store, these are some of the questions to be prepared for. And both of our guests are so qualified to do that. 
Lori Gross is president of Gross Electric in Toledo, Ohio. She has more than 40 years of experience in the lighting industry. Lori has a passion for lighting design, learning the latest about lighting technology, which she incorporates into her customers' projects to create stunning and effective lighting designs. And Bob Warmbold has owned Accent Lighting for over 25 years. Accent Lighting has two locations in Lake Oswego and Redmond, Oregon, and concentrates on high-end builder, designer, and homeowner markets. Both of our experts are heavily involved in the American Lighting Association, with Lori currently serving on the Association's Board of Governors and Bob on the ALA Certification Committee. Before we jump into our conversation, we'd like to thank our sponsors of today's episode, Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting. We truly appreciate that they've agreed to support this new venture of ours here at ALA. Their support allows us to bring information to our listeners about all things lighting and to serve as a resource to the lighting industry and beyond. Hi, Bob, Lori, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. This is so fun. I'm excited. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So we're going to jump right in. Okay, so you have a customer walking into your showroom. What is the first thing that you ask that person? Obviously, you know, you greet the customer and, and ask, uh, what, what type of project are we working on today? Um, if they say we're building a house or we're just fixing up a, a, a particular room, then that opens up that dialogue. If, if they're building a house, we go into, sure, where's it at? Uh, that, that's Especially here in the Central Oregon, it's important to, to know where the, the client base is at. Um, is it in a ritzy area? Is it in just an average area? You know, we set the tone. Uh, then the, the main question we jump to right away is, well, is there a lighting plan done? And that mm-hmm. opens that, especially if they're obviously if they're building a new house, is there a lighting plan? Yeah. yeah. Is, is that common? Most of the time I find that there's not a lighting plan and, and most homeowners have no idea that they need a lighting plan. So then we go into talking about why you should have a lighting plan. And yes, I would like to see the plans to see if the architect has put the lighting where I want it to be. So it just opens up that avenue where we can start talking uh, about specifics. You know, um, a lot of times it's just the, well, the electrician's laying it out. It's like, okay, what is he providing? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) then how do you know he's providing the right thing? Uh, Laurie, you can jump in too, uh, please. I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I usually, even before I get quite that far, sometimes I'll just say, what are you here to look for today? And they will say, well, da 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 this. And if they say I'm building a new house or I'm doing something like that, I go right down the path Bob is talking about. Um, but a lot of times they'll say I'm here to get this or that. And my first question always is, what do you have there now? What do you like about it and what don't you like about it? And what is most important with what you're changing? And then that'll lead down the path of what type of lighting do you need? You know, do you have a four foot four light fluorescent over your island and you hate it? And what what options are there? So I always like to know what they're replacing and why. You know, a lot of times it's like, well, why don't you look around the showroom and and, and point to things that you like? especially if we're talking decorative uh, fixtures, uh, bath, bath lighting, chandeliers, whatever, point, point to th- some things you like and, and most definitely point to th- some things you hate because that's going to help me guide go to the right manufacturers. I, I need to feel your taste. I, I need to get a gist on what, what, we're, what we're trying to do. You know, 
let's start it in the foyer. Let's start in the dining room. Let, let's get the, the big things going. But just let, let me get a feel for how you're going to like, what products you like. You know, people come in and they say they like contemporary. And I show them a contemporary piece and they're like, whoa, no, not that contemporary. <laughs> you know, so, so you have to get a feel for it. And, and that's what the showroom is for is, is as a, a vehicle, a tool to just to get us into the right area so we can start yeah, solidifying some decisions maybe or, or, or set the groundwork. I, I agree with that. And the other thing I ask is, have do you have any pictures of what you like? Do you have any pictures of your current space? It's great when consumers come in and they've taken pictures of what they have there now, what their space looks like now, and the 50 pages they've clicked on the internet that they like and they've saved into their favorites and they go, I like this and I like that. Do you have anything like this? Because that can save a half an hour of, oh, yeah, look here in my showroom, I've got, oh, you've got all that. And it's great. So we also like to tie into their pre-work rather than having to do it all over again on our side. Of course. So that's for decorative fixtures, but there are also just the you know, the kind of the staple when I first moved into the place I live now, one of the first things I did was put in recessed lighting. It was an old 60s condo and it didn't have any recessed lighting. So what are some of the the things to know even about a basic fixture like a recessed light? What is new about, is there anything new about recessed lighting to know? I think the biggest thing about recessed lighting is not... Um, Thinking that just because you look at the light in your ceiling and it's bright to your eye that it's giving you good light. What that's saying is it's giving you good glare, but it may not be giving you good light on what you're trying to actually light. So I think the key to good recessed is that you're lighting the product under it and you're not lighting your ceiling. When I walk into a house and they've spent $100,000 on this amazing new kitchen, I want my eyes to go to their counters and their backsplash and their cabinets. I don't want it to go to the 15, six inch bright white lights they put on their ceiling. I, I want it. I want the cabinets and all the rest of it to be highlighted. So I think it's really important for a recess to be truly recessed up in that ceiling and not be a bright spot. With new products now, you can get products that change color, change in terms of degrees of Kelvin from warm to cool. They have selectable lumen outputs from lower to brighter. And I think those are some of the best products, newer products that are out there now. And by changing color, you don't mean pink and green. You mean shades of white. Right. I mean, warmer, more red, yellow versus cooler, more blue, green. We're going to actually put a little tutorial in the show notes on lighting temperature and a a little chart. It's like the labels you see on the light bulbs you buy, though. There's 2700K, which is more and like a traditional incandescent light. And then there's 3500K, which is just a little cooler than that. So um, we'll explain more about that in the show notes, too. Yeah, important to let the customer know that, okay, we're talking recessed lighting and, and just let them know that recessed lighting is a task light. It is designed to light a specific task. It is not there to light up the whole room. Could it? I suppose it could, but you're going to get, going to get a lot of glare. So now we have to look at, well, what task are we doing? It's more critical in a kitchen where we need so many foot candles 
um, as a as we age, we need more and more light and less glare. So we need to know ceiling heights. We need no, we need to know the colors of the room, the countertops. Um, all the information is, is pertinent, so so we know what recessed lighting to use. Size does not matter with recessed lighting anymore. A two inch can can provide as much or more light than a six inch can. So so and then we can show them the difference. Um, this is why we, we can go to a two inch and we don't need a massive six inch. We'll show them the reflectors, why we want to go to a clear LZAC to cut the glare out or a black LZAC, um, again, to reduce that glare. Because again, as we age, we need more light and less glare. And I agree with Laurie, when we walk in, we want to see the task that's being lit. I don't want to see the recessed lighting. And in some cases, recessed lighting might not even be the solution. If your ceiling is a big foyer that's 20 feet off the ground, I mean, is that a place where you might need to look for a whole nother solution anyway? For sure. And I think it's important and to realize there's multiple types of lighting. And the more you layer a lighting in the room, the better you are. So if you take your foyer... All right. I want ambient light. I want to flip on that switch when I have guests coming in the front door or I'm walking in my front door and I want this nice warm glow everywhere. But I might have some amazing art and I want to light that. So I need ambient for general and then I need accent lighting for my art. And maybe there's a place people sit and take their boots on and off and I might need task lighting there so people don't trip over the rug or something. So between the task and the ambient, and the accent, it works best when you layer your lighting and then your rooms will look big and rich and full instead of like you're in a black cave somewhere and you don't have enough light. I think if you remember when you were kids camping, you know, you're sitting in a tent, you take that flashlight and you put it under your chin. Well, recess is the same thing, except it's lighting the top of my head. So. <laughs> Do I want to light the top of my head? Not anymore. Um, but getting that recessed lighting in the right position. We don't want the recessed lighting in the pathway. I tell customers all the time, our feet know where we're going. It's not a big deal. I need it over the counter where I'm going to work, where I'm going to use that sharp knife, whatever, or read or whatever. It needs to be lighting the task at hand. Sitting behind me, I'm creating a shadow on my counters. And I see this all the time. And I and I honestly, we, I do battle architects left and right. No, that's where I want it. It's like, all right, well, then we need to put more lighting in because you need to light that countertop. And like I said, it, and it's crucial in a kitchen, the kitchen, laundry rooms, stuff like that. And then adding your jewelry, your pendants, your ambient light, which ambient light lights the room up better, makes it look bigger. And we look better under ambient light than we do light shining down, showing all the wrinkles that I've achieved over the years. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about being able to choose the color of the, the light in the recessed can, color tuning. Um, what are some of the factors in someone's home that might affect what colors you'll choose? The colors of the room, the colors of the cabinets, the colors of the floor, the countertops, um, if, if it's a white, white kitchen, I'm going to lean myself, lean more toward a 3,000, 3,500 Kelvin. Uh, if it's a real warm, woodsy, oaky, then I'm going to lean farther to the 2,700 Kelvin. And personally, I like keeping it consistent, but it doesn't have to be consistent. But you want 
definitely, if we're talking recess, that all the recess cans are the same color because we don't want to have it look like an office space where you put a new bulb in and it's cool white, warm white, and whatever. So you, you want to keep it consistent, at least with the light, with the light source. I agree. And I think it's important for consumers to bring in samples, like even if it's a, a piece of drywall from your job or you know, the Sherwin-Williams paint sample, bring that in with you because we have light bulb displays and we can show you what your paint sample will look like under the different colors. So if you bring in something like Bob's talking about that's white, white, and I put it in front of a warmer 2700K and you see how that white turned yellow, you're going to go, oh my gosh. But if you bring in something that's really yellowy, taupey, and I go and put it under that, it might look great. And But if I put it under the 3500, you might go, oh, I don't like that. It makes it look too blue. So if you can bring in paint samples, that makes a huge difference. Any surfaces that you've got in your house, like Bob talked about, the more samples or pictures you can bring us, the better we can help you decide on what the proper lighting is for that space. It's not like the old days where all light bulbs were the same color. And people forget that. So the more information you have, the better choice you can make in the type that you need. Yeah, and especially with LED out there right now, there are so many different grades of LED. There, You could really buy some bad LED product. So you have to investigate that. I think going to a show where they understand Kelvin temp, the CRI, the color rendering index, the lumens per watt, the candle power, um, that all comes into play. And a good lighting person that has been trained is going to know that stuff. And the average homeowner isn't going to know it. We didn't need to know it before, even as lighting people. You put in 75 watt halogens and that did the job. It's not a problem. That's not the same thing anymore with LED. We have to know what we're dealing with. And especially if we're coming down with dimming it. Uh, dimming is one of the biggest problems we have in the industry with uh, LED. So really working with a, a qualified lighting person will help avoid a lot of problems immensely. Yes. And, and then save money in the long run, even though sometimes sure. it might feel like you're putting more up front, it's going to save you in the long run. <laughs> exactly. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute, but first a message from our sponsors. This year, Hinkley is celebrating a century of style. That's 100 years in business. Hinkley is proud to be a fourth generation family company with the mission of providing customers with exceptional lighting and ceiling fan products. They understand the passion their customers feel for their homes and are dedicated to helping them realize their vision. Learn more about the company, including some incredible charity work they do, at Hinkley.com. Kitchler Lighting is more than just a lighting company. They're a bring people together company focused on strengthening and growing relationships. They're constantly innovating, creating on-trend designs, and delivering high-quality product. Learn more and find inspiration and ideas at kitchler.com. So we're talking about bringing things into a showroom and having, you know, photo examples and colors and materials from the house. How often do you find that your customers are coming in with those things? Are you having phone conversations prior to their visit and planning that? Are they typically walking in? Is it all over the place? I think... First, I think a lot of people do it on the spur of the moment. We're on a street that has a lot of traffic. Oh, we were just driving by and we thought we'd stop in and we're doing a whole house and we don't have anything with us, but can you help us? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, if people call and make an appointment, we can do everything. And if they're doing new homes, there's more of a tendency or whole rooms 
there's more of a tendency to have more materials, like they can bring in the countertop, they'll bring in a front of one of their cabinets and that type of stuff. They might or might not bring in paint colors. Usually that's kind of forgotten. But um, retail-wise, I find that most people don't bring in anything and just hope you're going to be able to figure out what they need. Um, so the more, and then they end up coming back because they're just overwhelmed. They had absolutely no idea there were going to be all these choices, even though they have, may have spent five hours on the internet going through 60 different websites, looking at a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand different lights. They didn't think when they actually walked in a store, it was going to be that overwhelming. And so I think we try and spend a lot of time focusing them here. Here's like Bob said, here's what you seem to like. Great. Bring me in this, 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 and then we'll help you pick what's going to work in this kind of style in this kind of space. So many, many times it's a double trip and for big projects, particularly. I think that makes sense that somebody would just stop into a lighting store they were driving by. I mean, I think... I think people overestimate how much they understand about lighting. I think they think, look, I've lived under lighting my whole life. A lot of us have gone to a box store and gotten a new fixture to replace an old fixture in our homes and replaced it. And it looks newer and fresher. And we feel like, you know, we're a genius. We know everything there is to know about lighting. And then they, they stop into a lighting store to have an idle conversation about one light they were thinking about. And then realize there are a million things to consider. So I think that might be a bit of a surprise to some folks. And it is, and it happens all the time. Uh, you know, especially if we go back to recessed. Uh, in most most of the construction out there, the electricians provide the recessed. Uh, they drive that force. And electricians, and I used to be one uh, years ago in my last life, and. You know, we install the same thing we've installed for the last 40 years because that's what my boss taught me to do. And that's what his boss taught him to do. But is that right? Is it right? I find that a lot of the time I get out to a job site and the electrician has put a wafer you know, or, or an LED insert and we have 12, 14, 15 foot ceilings. Well, it's not going to light up the, the, the task. It, it, the, there is no candle power from those things. It does not project the light down to where I need that light to be. So talking to customers about that, it, it really opens their eyes where they say, whoa, maybe I should ask the electrician what he's putting in and why. Um, I always ask my customers, have you met with the electrician? And nine times out of 10, no, the, the builder just assigned them. So, so he's providing the fixtures and he says, well, yeah, it's like, but you haven't met him. So they are her either way. Uh, they don't know the colors. They haven't met the designer. So how does he know what to specify? It's like sending somebody to buy a vehicle and you don't tell them what you're going to use that vehicle for. How would you do it? They bring back a Volkswagen and I have to load a load of lumber. So <laughs> you have to ask those questions. You know, age, again, I go back to age. Um, the As we get older, we need more light. So at the very minimum, they should ask, well, how approximate age? I don't want to to offend any of the customers, but, you know, I can go and I'll tell a customer, you know, I'll take a wild guess, but you're not 25 anymore, but you're not 65 either. It's easy. So I know that you need more than 35 foot candles as recommended in the IES. Uh, you, you need more closer to 75 foot candles. And as we get older and older, again, we need more light. So how does somebody specify something 
when they don't know the project. They, they don't know what we're doing. So th- those are important questions that I stress to the homeowner. You, you have to ask. I'm not trying to steal the business from them. I want to know what they're putting in so we have a proper lighting job done, period. And I think the more questions we ask and the more knowledge we pass on, the more people realize we really do know what we talk, we're talking about. I think people walk in with the assumption, I'm walking into the lighting store. If I'm lucky, somebody will help me. But really, you know, a pendant is a pendant. What difference does it make? I can buy it online. I can buy it from the store. It really doesn't matter until, like Bob talks about, they come over and they, they've they got their Pinterest page and everything is clear glass. And I look at them and I go, so how is it to look at that bulb through that clear glass? And it's going over your kitchen island where you stir fry every day. And have you thought about what it's going to take to clean that? And they look at me and they go, wow, that's really glary. I can't even look at it. And oh my gosh, I don't want to have to clean that every day. I go, mm-hmm. And then it's <laughs> like, oh, well, maybe she does know what she's talking about. And maybe... I should, I should feed them. It's always tough when people walk in. First of all, they think you're like, Bob was alluding to cars. They think you're a car salesman. You're going to jump on them and you're going to sell them something you don't want. So my whole goal is to teach them to try and tell me because I'm going to solve their problem. I'm not here to sell you, sell you something you don't need. I'm here to sell you what you do need, despite what you may think you want. That, right, and I tell, I try and tell that to my customer, to my salespeople all the time. You will have of the hundred customers that walk in today, ninety-five of them think they know what they want, and by the time they walk out, they will walk out with something different if you're doing the right job, because you have the knowledge they don't have, and if you're doing the right job, you're leading them down the path of what they should really buy. Glary, great. Let's go look at a CD glass. Let's go look at a water glass. Let's go look at a white glass. All right. Maybe we don't want glass. And oh, by the way, that fabric you were looking at, forget about that over your stir fry. So (laughs) our job is to help people pick what they should buy, not what they think they want to buy. I think it's very clear that there are a million considerations and you two are working through these considerations with different customers every day. You've seen all the different circumstances, you know, the questions to ask and um, and want to create a relationship with your customers so that you can just help them solve their lighting problems Sure. And there's a lot of stuff that's just logical, you know, that, that people just don't think about. It's like, well, I bought the pendant online. I didn't take into consideration that I have 15 foot ceilings and this thing's only four foot tall. Will it work? Sure, it'll work, but it's going to be way up there. So, you know, uh, it's not wrong. I mean, design wise, it's wrong. So but there there are common sense, you know, like fabric over a cooktop, so, you know, stuff like that. And by pointing that stuff out to the customer, it just opens their eyes up. Uh, we tend to carry color samples here. We, you can get them from the paint stores, whatever. Well, let's look at color different paint colors underneath the, a color source um, or a cabinet door, but bring it in. If they're working with a designer, a lot, a lot of times the designer will bring in samples and then we can show them, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Because if you put a nice granite countertop down, certain light sources are going to pick up different colors in it. So in order to see light, in order to see color, that color has to be the light source too. So we can help that by enhancing that. Um, And and any good lighting person definitely is going to be knowledgeable in that. Yeah, it sounds like for both of you, 
becoming a resource and providing that level of knowledge that really you can't get just anywhere is, is how you lead to those effective conversations that lead to big sales and (laughs) bring customers back to your showrooms. Yeah, I think sometimes it can be disappointing to customers too. We've run into it. I'm sure Laurie has too, where it's like, oh, this is this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. I was just going to build a house. It's like, well, there's things you have to do. You know, there, one, there's codes we have to follow with lights on exteriors and, you know, outlets have to be placed accordingly, uh, you know, in the kitchen and GFCIs and, and all that fun stuff. And it just, by knowing that and working with somebody that knows those answers of those questions. We help guide the the customer in the right direction and say, okay, we can make this easy for you or easier. You know, it's not easy for everybody, but, but uh, in the most part, if you're working with a qualified lighting person, they're going to make that job a lot easier for you. And yeah, you may spend more money, but in the long run, you're going to spend less money. I've made some fantastic friends through working with my customers, particularly on large houses. You know, you're you when when I work on a large house with a customer and they do it right, which is when they walk in before they've even maybe even dug the hole in the ground with their plans. We're at, we could be at a two year, two and a half year project. At that end of that two and a half years, we're going to dinner together. We're going <laughs> to each other's houses for parties. You know, we're it's like you're part of the family, and that's the kind of relationship I like to create when I'm doing the big custom homes because. That's what makes it fun. I trust that they're going to tell me the truth and they know I'm going to tell them the truth. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if you're picking something I don't think is right, you can buy it, but you're going to know whether I like it or don't like it. And those are the kind of relationships I enjoy with customers rather than talking and talking and them looking at me and saying, I still want this clear one I see online. So I guess I'll just buy it there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Creating the relationship, providing the knowledge, that's that's where you really develop a good customer relationship, but also a good lighting plan for their house. Well, right. and a good lighting Thank person you. knows the questions to ask. There's questions that are a must in every project. I, I need ceiling heights. I need colors. I need age. I need the more information, the better to make the correct response. Thank you both so much for your time. This has been a, a ton of great information. We really appreciate it. Thank great you. With y'all. Thanks, y'all. Well, that was a great conversation. I really loved what Lori had to say about how she develops friendships with a lot of the people she works with. Well, that makes sense when you consider how long it takes from, you know, lighting plan to selection of fixtures to installation. I mean, that's a, a long process of working together. Yeah, it absolutely is. Plus, Lori seems like an easy person to make friends with, but (laughs) both of them do. So it seems like one of the key messages here, though, is that whether you're working on a new build, a total home remodel, or really just picking a fixture for one new place in your home, it's really important for the lighting professional in the showroom to understand not only what the space is and what the function of that space is, but also who they're lighting it for. Well, and... That's one of the big revelations from this conversation is that there are so many considerations. Um, how old you are, whether you are not you're a you know young person in your 20s who doesn't need as much light or a person in their 60s who needs more, uh, whether you've got 
uh, modern, cool colors in your home or warm, rich tones in your home. All of that matters when you're picking a lighting plan. Right. I love that idea that like you could walk into a showroom and you can bring paint swatches or fabric samples or countertop pieces, or even like Lori said, the front of your cabinet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they'll put it under different light sources and you can see how that affects the way that it looks. That's really going to impact your entire design. Which is part of the reason why we think you should get the help of a trained professional. And that leads us to our next point. One of the purposes of the American Lighting Association is to provide professional training to our members so they can serve their customers and stay up to date on all the latest developments in lighting. And with that in mind, we wanted to spend a moment with our ALA Education Director, Nikki Juno, to discuss the different training programs we offer. Welcome, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. We're glad you're here. So, Nikki, we just finished speaking with two ALA members who are certified lighting consultants. But ALA offers a range of training programs. Um, Let's start with the Lighting Associate Program. I understand that this is a great program for professionals who are newer to the industry. Yeah, so that's right. The Lighting Associate, or what we call the LA program, covers the basics of lighting and some lighting design. It is a 10-part webinar series with courses on technical aspects like lighting electricity, as well as decorative lighting, design, energy efficiency, ceiling fans, and much more. And then we have the Lighting Specialist program, right? Yeah, so that would be like the next step or the intermediate to a more advanced training. It's called the Lighting Specialist, or we consider it the LS program. It's based on our extensive residential lighting training manual, and that consists of eight modules. It covers the ins and outs of light sources, electricity and lighting controls, some architectural lighting, and and much, much more. This program really provides a solid ground for any lighting professional looking to strengthen their knowledge about lighting. And as we know from earlier in the episode, the Lighting Specialist Program is a prerequisite for becoming a certified lighting consultant. Yes, that is correct. But I also wanted to add in that we do offer a certification for the sales representatives, and that is called the Certified Lighting Manufacturers Representative or the CLMR. This accreditation program recognizes the important role of reps in our industry and provides them a lot of additional training. Thank you, Nikki, for coming on and talking about the training programs. We appreciate it very much. Um, More details can be found online at alamembers.com. And another thing I wanted to add about the training programs that we hear a lot is when when our members visit the site, they're wondering, do they have to be logged in in order to look at the member side of the website? Um, They don't, right, Liz? That's right. Um, It is called alamembers.com, but it is for current members and future members and people who are browsing and curious to find out more about what we do. We actually have two websites, though. We have alamembers.com, which is geared more towards the lighting professional. And we also have alalighting.com, which has more inspiration and blogs and galleries that is more geared toward the consumer. But anyone is free to go to either of those sites. Yeah, they're both intended to be resources for everyone who's interested in learning more about lighting, design, or ALA and membership. I have this thing here that says I'm supposed to say that if you have questions or suggestions for future topics or anything, you should email us. But no, email us. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Tell us 
any anything tell us anything yeah uh, if you just like hearing us talk and want to have more conversations with us <laughs> we'd love to chit chat <laughs> okay maybe more me than liz but either way <laughs> that's not creepy at all um anyway send us an email at podcast at alalighting.com thank you again to kitchler lighting and hinkley for sponsoring this episode we'll see you next time and until then stay brilliant <laughs>